0: Jesus.
1: Welcome again, and I am Dreamwalker1960. As we continue to look into 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, we look deeper into the different facets of the selfish heart. Now, why did I say heart? Even though Jesus was talking about eating at the time, his key point of what within us causes sin was the heart. Matthew fifteen nineteen. for from the heart come evil thoughts murder adultery all sexual immorality theft lying and slander this is why it is important for us to have an active part in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ in our spiritual life last week I keyed in on selfishness itself and I have explained in past lessons how we should deal with money in our lives that can be seen in how should a wealthy Christian live part 1 and 2 so we will continue further into verse 2 of the third chapter of 2nd Timothy as a reminder here is verse 2 for people will love only themselves and their money they will be boastful and proud scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred so we'll start today with they will be boastful and proud well let's see breaking down boastful is braggart and boaster Oh, well, braggart is defined as someone who proudly talks a lot about himself or herself and his or her achievements or possessions while proud breaks down into appearing above all others Conspicuous, figuratively haughty. Haughty is unfriendly and seeming to consider yourself better than other people, while conspicuous is very noticeable or attracting attention, often in a way that is not wanted. Now let's look at scoffing at God. In the King James Version, that comes out to be blasphemers. And that is Scarlius, i.e., columbius against man or specifically impious against god that comes from strong's let's define these fun words scurlius is defined as expressing an unfair or false criticism that is likely to damage someone's reputation while calumnious is false and damaging to someone's reputation impious showing no respect especially to god or religion don't you just love wonderful big words that they give you to describe something now it is important to realize as i tried to make clear in the last podcast that selfishness has many faces thus the title of these broadcasts in the three items i just described we get a deeper look into these aspects of this sin which in my personal opinion is a core element that leads to sin due to our carnal nature we focus on our own wants and desires as is shown with being boastful the person repeats all of their personal achievements for all to know that they are of import and have something to offer to the world i'm also reminded of adam and eve after eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge they became aware of their own nakedness they became ashamed as they noticed how they looked see the focus there it was upon themselves their own selfish desire not to be seen naked their own wants. but to get back on track we turn to pride as the word proud is defined in the verse it is someone that wishes to draw attention to themselves because they think they are greater and better than anyone else. In other words, they see themselves as a type of God. We see these many times a day upon the news. Congress people and actors as a couple of examples. I could name names, but that is not what is written in my job description. Anyone who considers themselves greater than another human being is actually showing their ignorance of not only the Bible, but the laws within most of the civilized nations they live within. And sooner or later the bill will come due for their actions. This is something that we learn from the Bible, for it is where the golden rule came from, to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. If you wish to be respected, you must give all others respect. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction, and haughtiness before a fall. Which brings us to the blasphemers, the three lovely big words I gave the the definitions for a bit ago. Words that say volumes, in a way tie in with being prideful. To go about saying that those that are Christian are racist. That their beliefs create division and destruction. The second oldest religion in the world, the first being Judaism which is also smeared with the same derogatory descriptions and comments. If Christianity and Judaism are so evil, how have they existed so long? Why have so many countries throughout history embraced this religion that follows the teaching of a carpenter? If Christianity is so evil, then there should be no country that follows any part of its teachings. And within their laws, yet most laws that govern most nations have their foundation found within the Bible, and the laws and teachings that are within it. Yet we have those that scoff at God, because God does not like how they want to live their life, because their life goes against the very laws that are within the Bible, and make up the majority of laws they see they are forced to follow. Because how they live their lives is their right to live as they so deem to live it. Sounds very selfish, doesn't it? So now let's look at disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Disobedient is unpersuadable, i.e., contumacious. And that comes from Strong's. Contumacious, refusing to obey or respect the law in a way that shows contempt ungrateful is unthankful in the King James which is thankless also from the Strong's. It is our parents that try to instill into us the need to obey. Usually they lay restrictions upon us for our own protection as we grow towards adulthood. More and more we hear of parents that do not do this. Why? Because their parents surrendered their responsibilities to the state. Basically allowing the schools to be their true parent. As a result, the children have no true respect for their natural parent, so they don't listen to them and are disobedient. These children grow into adults that have no respect for anything, especially the laws of the land, because all that is important to them is their own lusts and desires. Many times the parents did the right thing or the best they could because of making a broken home due to their own issues. The children then grow into adults and blame their parents for all their problems, most of which were not created by their parents, but the children themselves, now adults, and so blaming their parents falsely, do not thank their parents for what they at least attempted to do. Both descriptions I just gave you are now the typical examples of most households within the United States. These attitudes lead to the last description of verse 2. They will consider nothing sacred. In the King James, it's unholy. The definition is wicked, and that comes from Strong's. Wicked is morally wrong and bad. What are morals? Morals is defined as standards for good or bad character and behavior. Where did these standards come from in today's society? They came from the books of Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus. Then they were enhanced and modified by the teachings of Jesus Christ and his disciples. As Christianity spread throughout the world, these standards went with it. We only have morality because of the Bible and the belief in the creator of the universe who is our God. We are in the last days. That is what the very first verse of Second Timothy states. We are to look for the signs that will show us that this is true. I have only now just finished breaking down the second verse of this chapter in which how people will behave in that end time act. As I am showing, at the core is selfishness, which in turn causes people to look after their own wants and desires Through money they shall seek after which is their focal point they can only satisfy their own desires if they have the money to accomplish this lust they will sing praises of their own accomplishments to show to the world that they are great at the same time hiding their true lust which causes destructions to any that get in their way of their first desire themselves they will look upon everyone else as less than themselves seeing that they are the only ones that are right and all other views are evil and corrupt for it does not fall in line with their lust and their desires all the time demeaning anything to do with God and those that follow God as less than human for they are the greatest being upon the world for they are the true enlightenment while at the same time parading children about as if they are adults ready to accept sexual encounters. Does any of this sound familiar? I just described the last seven days since the last podcast. These are all the events that have transpired upon the television and the internet as well as social media. Does this not describe the last days? For the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. More near than at any other time in history. For the entire world is included at this time. Every nation throughout the globe is seeing these events transpire. At no other time in history has this ever happened upon a global scale. The United States was the last stronghold of God. It is under siege and it is falling. When it does, woe unto the world. For that will most likely be the last straw that breaks the back of humanity. But we are promised an escape from this horrific times. We must turn to the one who died in our names. Then on the third day rose from the tomb and walked amongst us for 40 days. Preparing those of us that came after this great event for a way to escape the destruction that is described in the book of Revelation. All we need do is to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and learn of the teachings within the Bible, then to follow them and accept a moral life and to honor our fellow humans as our equals, be they sinner or saint. God bless.
0: Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the lie that it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. They remember me, only Jesus.